Our first passage comes from Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12. These are the words of David. These were his prayer that he wrote to God after he, uh, uh, after he, it was revealed that he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed to try to cover up his tracks. In his sorrow and repentance, he said this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Our second passage is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. Paul says, Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Amen. As a single man in his late 20s, I get to go grocery shopping by myself and for myself. And I think this, more than anything else, terrifies my mother. Because when I talk to her on the phone or I see her in person, which is quite often, she almost always asks me still, are you eating okay? <laughs> and I love her for this because she cares. And all good parents probably ask their children well into their late 20s, are you eating okay? And I am proud that I've been able to tell my mom, and I think this is a sign of my growth, that my grocery cart, as I notice as I walk through Dylan's, is beginning to transform there are less hot pockets and frozen corn dogs and more things that are wholesome and natural. I've discovered that when I go grocery shopping, I gravitate towards those fruits and vegetables that I know I like and have been able to incorporate into my diet. And yes, I am quite proud of this. I always go for the bag of carrots, the tomatoes, the cucumbers, the greens, but I also tend to make what I like to call aspirational purchases. Does anybody do this? Where, where you buy something in the produce uh, section because it's healthy and you feel good by putting it in your cart, but you don't know what in the world you're actually going to do with it. And for me, this is always apples. 
Now, I really, really want to like apples, but I have learned that they are just not for me. If you slice them up, I can eat them, but I will just not often eat a whole apple. There's just something about biting into it. The, you know, the skin gets in your teeth, and it's just not a good experience. And yet, I always will buy apples. And there's some in the back of my fridge. They've been there. I'm not sure how long. I'm a little afraid to touch them at this point. When I hear this passage in Galatians 5 where Paul lists out the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit, I can't help but hear my mom's voice in the back of my mind. Because Paul kind of sounds like a parent, doesn't he? Trying to make sure that his kid is eating the right foods and avoiding the ones that they shouldn't eat. He's trying to steer us towards the produce aisle and away from the Moose Tracks ice cream. And I wonder if these fruits of the Spirit feel a little more aspirational than they do practical. Yes, I'm sure all of us would love to be more loving, more joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, generous, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. But in this economy, inflation is out of control. And these virtues often cost us more than we are willing to pay. I'm not talking about money because there's always cheaper options just the next aisle over and why buy apples when there are things like jealousy envy dissension strife idolatry and they're always on sale today we're talking about spiritual reset our sermon series is about realigning our whole selves with God. And for the past two weeks, Mitch has talked about how we realign our bodies and realign our minds. These have been good. And now we're turning to talk about how do we realign our spirits? How do we become the sort of people who have developed a taste for the fruits of the Spirit to where when we're going through the metaphorical grocery store, we will pick them up, and not because there's an apostle on our shoulder telling us, pick that and not that. How do we become the kind of people where our hearts genuinely, authentically, deeply yearn and embody these things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, so on and so forth? Now, I told you that I don't like apples, but believe it or not, I do have a story about the most delicious apple that I ever had, and I want to tell you about it. We have a picture on the screen. Uh, this apple I ate on September 10th, 2018. <laughs> I had just landed in Switzerland in a small town called Copé. I was on my way to Bosse for a semester abroad. I've some of you know about this experience. Uh, but unfortunately, the train only went to Copay, but the school was another three miles away. No bus, no train would get me there, so I had to walk. So I set off. And it was a very hot September day. And by the time I got close to the school, I was completely out of water, close to dying of heat exhaustion. <laughs> And by the grace of God, I see what had to have been the most beautiful and luscious apple orchard I could have imagined. And I saw it filled with apples, and in that moment, I understood the temptation of Adam and Eve a little bit better. 
And I'm going to be honest with you guys because I always try to be as transparent as possible. I did steal an apple. And I made sure that nobody was watching. And I justified it by saying that this particular apple, which was absolutely beautiful, had already fallen off the vine and was on the ground. And it was going to go to waste if somebody didn't enjoy it. And enjoy it, I did. Now, disregard for a moment the ethics of my actions and consider with me what it means that that beautiful apple that I ate gave me nourishment and sustenance and I had no hand in growing it. All I had to do was pick it up. Is this not like God's grace? It does not come from us. We do not grow it. We do not earn it by trying hard or praying more often. It is a gift that we can only receive. We cannot ripen these fruits of the Spirit by white-knuckling our way through God's work within us. We can only open ourselves to the gift. We can only be awake to the work and trust that in God's good time, not ours, the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth will slowly but surely displace the selfishness in our hearts and replace it with an authentic desire for those things which are good. Thomas Merton, a 20th century monk, once wrote, or he asked the question rather, how does an apple ripen? All it has to do is sit in the sun. A small green apple cannot ripen in one night by tightening its muscles, squinting its eyes, and tightening its jaws in order to find itself the next morning miraculously large, red, and juicy besides all of its small green counterparts. Like the birth of a baby or the opening of a rose, the birth of the true self within us takes time. We have to wait for God. We have to be awake to God's work. And we have to trust in God's hidden action within us. See, when I hear these two lists in Galatians 5, all I hear is a list of do's and don'ts. Paul says, don't do these things, but do these things. But they were never meant to just be a list of do's and don'ts. They were meant to illustrate for the early Galatians and also illustrate for us what is possible when our hearts are in a posture to receive the gifts from God. And for some reason, over the history of the church, we have misconstrued this passage from Paul, and we've turned it into a bunch of rules. Now, yes, the works of the flesh are really things that we ought to avoid. And it's not about not giving in to desire. It's not about our bodies being bad. Our bodies are good. But it's about the warnings that come when we live in selfish ways. When we live in ways that cause destruction and harm to ourselves and to others. And Paul is saying, avoid the temptations to be selfish. And embrace instead the free gifts of God that come from what we call the Holy Spirit. That truly and surely do transform our hearts, make us new, 
as King David said in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Do not cast away your presence from me, but put a new and right spirit within me. See, David knew that he was living in selfish ways. We all do this. But he also knew that if he wanted a clean heart and a new heart and a heart that was remade in line with the fruits of the Spirit, that it was only God who could make that happen. But we have to be open to it. We cannot simply just sit on our bums in the pews and expect that God is going to barge his way into our lives and bring this transformation to come. I believe God is too humble for that. God doesn't force any change. God doesn't force any renewal or transformation upon us. He waits to be invited. But as Richard Rohr writes in his book, Breathing Underwater, God almost always finds a way to get invited. And it's most often through brokenness. It's most often in those moments where we are confronted with the truth and the consequences of our own selfishness and we come to the recognition and awareness, I need a spiritual reset. And in that moment when you come to that recognition like David did, God will be ready. God will be waiting to give you those free and good gifts of the Spirit and to begin the work of transformation. Four years after I borrowed that apple from the Swiss orchard, I found myself back in that area, this time with my mom. Now, I've talked about this before, so some of you know that in the fall of 2022, um, I went to Germany with my mom. She was born in uh, Frankfurt. And so we spent a couple days uh, visiting that town. Um, and then I took her south to Switzerland to show her the land where I spent uh, four months of my life in 2018. And as we approached the school, we saw, sure enough, that apple orchard still existed. And we did not taste the fruit that time. But we noticed just on the other side of that apple orchard, something new that wasn't there in 2018. A bunch of sunflowers. Now, just yesterday I heard was Kansas Day, right? And so we all know that the state flower of Kansas is the sunflower. But do you know why the sunflower is called the sunflower? Because it has this amazing ability to turn its face to the sun. And as I remembered that, I thought to myself, what a powerful and perfect image of spiritual growth. Because see, the sunflower grows and its fruit bears wonderful fruit, but the source of that growth does not come from it, it comes from the sun. But it knows, it's wise enough to turn its face towards that light to receive the strength it needs to grow. We try so hard to make these fruits grow within us. When I wonder if we would be a whole lot better off if we tried a lot less and just turned our face towards the sun and let God's grace do what grace always does, 
grow these things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness within us. But the paradox of faith is this, that even though the source comes from beyond us, it's always God's work, we have to allow it into our life because God will not force his way in. We have to turn our face towards the sun to receive that gift. We are saved by faith alone, by grace alone, but we have to cooperate if we want that true transformation to happen. So if you are setting out and are ready for a spiritual reset, don't just try harder. But like a sunflower, keep your face towards the sun and let God's nurturing grace grow the fruits within you. It probably won't happen instantaneously because the apple doesn't ripen overnight. But over time, and through constant contact with the source of love, it will happen. And here's the good news, that even on cloudy and cold days like this one, the sun is always shining. So whether you are, like I was this morning, impatiently waiting in line at Starbucks, or struggling with family conflict, or struggling with addictions to try to numb your pain. Whether you are envious of your neighbor's car, or your neighbor's wife, or angry at your own. Whether you idolize the security that comes with money, or lack the self-control in spending money, or simply feel spiritually dead inside. Take a moment this day. Turn your face towards the sun and see what begins to grow. Thanks be to God. Amen.